Maybe it's a classic or maybe a flop. Has Katie seen it? She probably has not. She'll sit down and watch it if it's good or it's bad. Hey, have you seen this? No, Katie hasn't seen that. Hi, I'm Katie, and if I had a nickel for every time someone said to me, wait, you haven't seen this movie? Oh my God, you need to see this movie. I'd be very rich. So this is my podcast where I finally watch those movies you all have told me I need to see, and I tell you what I think. Spoilers are dead ahead as usual, and um, this is a highly requested. Katie hasn't seen that. An awful lot of you want me to do a Nicolas Cage movie. And if you're not familiar with my Twitch stream over Christmas, a wonderful community member named Gaming Jam gifted me two pillowcases with Nicolas Cage on them. One of these is the Mona Lisa Nicolas Cage face, and the other is a half-naked Nicolas Cage inside of a banana. Needless to say, you can come to my stream and see that in the background. But also, it's become quite a conversation starter and has led into people saying, you need to watch a Nicolas Cage movie for the next episode if Katie hasn't seen that. So... Here we are. It was between a lot of Nicolas Cage movies. The Rock was a choice, Con Air, and the movie Face Off. And I had a good hard think about it, and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to watch Con Air. I've seen that gif of Nicolas Cage with his long, luscious hair blowing behind him. And I know there's a lot of explosions. It just seemed like something that might be up my alley. It's also from the year 1997, which I absolutely love 90s movies. I remember I was too young when this first came out, but I remember sitting on the couch seeing the trailers for Con Air and being like, maybe someday I'll get to see that movie because it's rated R. Little did I know, that day would be 24 years later. Holy crap, this movie is 24 years old. I don't want to talk about it. I am going to be watching Con Air tonight. What is this movie about? All I remember is explosions. There are airplanes involved. Nicolas Cage, I know Bruce Willis is in it. This is what I think the movie's about. They're trying to transport criminals on an airplane, and then the criminals take over the airplane. Though I have no idea if that's what's going to happen in this movie. All I know is if it's an action-slash-thriller from 1997, I'm probably going to like it. Though I don't want to get my hopes up, because I've said that before where I'm like, I'm so excited for this movie, and then cut to the next half of the podcast, and I'm just tearing it apart and disappointing people. So uh, yeah, I'm going to watch Con Air. I'm excited for hopefully slow-mo explosions with with men walking away from said explosions. I'm hoping for a lot of 90s references. At least one all that in a bag of chips hopefully will come up. But I'm mostly just excited to watch this Nicolas Cage movie that is apparently so important to all of you. So the ratings. This movie is all over the place. It has a 6.9 out of 10 on Internet Movie Database, which, first of all, nice. But I don't know that I've ever seen a fractional rating like that before from Internet Movie Database. Also, 56% from Rotten Tomatoes, 52% from Metacritic, and here's the ringer, 91% of Google users enjoyed this movie. What are you, Conair? I have no idea, but I am so excited to find out. I'm going to go watch this movie, and I'm going to then let you know what I think. I have returned, and I have fully watched Con Air. I, I don't know why I said fully watched Con Air, because that makes it seem like I don't watch the movies. I, I, I watched Con Air, and now I'm here to talk to you about it. 
one of the first things that caught me when I started this movie was the touch tone pictures. I don't know what's that called. The beginning of the movies when it says touch tone pictures. And it's like the circle with that that 90s looking lightning bolt through it. And it just I don't think I've seen the touch tones pictures. Is it touchstone? All I know is that I had not seen that in a while, and that brought me way back. I, is, I, don't, I wonder if Touchstone is still in business. All right, I did a quick Google search. Apparently, Touchstone Pictures is now defunct as of 2018. That was just a nostalgic thing about this movie that very much stuck out to me. But I just, I need to talk about Con Air in the sense that when you start this movie, it is like you're getting on a roller coaster that will not stop. The entire time we open up to a bar and it well, first it starts out with Nicolas Cage, now Cameron Poe being given honors because he's like a military ranger who fought in, in Vietnam. And then he's coming home to see his wife who works at a bar. And OK, Monica Potter is his wife. And I know who Monica Potter is because I may or may not have watched most of Parenthood. And I did not know Monica Potter was in this. So she is the wife and Cameron Poe is coming home, I think from Vietnam and they're dancing in the bar. And apparently she's like, I. this comes out later. She is six months pregnant. She looks like she's not pregnant at all. So I would really like to know her genetics and her ability to not look pregnant at six months. Granted, maybe they couldn't afford a, a prosthetic baby bump because of the sheer amount of action and explosions in this movie. That funding went towards, you know, the C4 and the various airplane models they probably needed to use for explosions. But essentially what happens, this movie just starts with Cameron Poe coming back, he and his wife smooching on the dance floor. These three guys come over and are just like, screw you, I've wanted to get that that tail forever, and just hating on, on Poe. And then Poe and his wife are leaving the bar at the end of the night, it's pouring rain, and these three guys from the bar just show up behind a chain link fence and try to like kick the out of Cameron. And so then Cameron goes, I got to defend myself and starts fighting back and then kills a guy real, real good with uh, the butt of his hand and, uh, you know, the face of the other guy. And so then he gets thrown in prison. And at first I'm sitting there and I'm like, he was defending himself. Why? Why is he going to prison for this? And I feel like they justified it in this movie. It just starts off very intensely with the judge saying, you're a military ranger and you're not just like an average Joe getting beaten up at a bar. You're like a super weapon. And so then he gets put in prison for like 10 to 15 years. But this whole movie, I have to admit, it was fun. But I sat there like, why did Cameron Poe go to prison in the first place? I just wish that Cameron Poe's origin story was a little bit more put together, I guess. Then we roll on into a montage of him writing letters to his family and his daughter that he has never met. And I mean, can we just talk about Nicolas Cage's southern accent? I'll miss you, hummingbird. And I can't wait. I mean, it's just a lot. But honestly, not mad at it. I have to say Nicolas Cage's entire movie is a riot, but I I don't I don't hate it. I, I feel like his character has so many one liners so many weird overacted expressions taking too much responsibility for things that don't really affect him but you know what i'm kind of here for it (laughs) i mean honestly i feel like we all want a cameron poe on our side in some ways but this movie is jam-packed with famous people there are 
so many famous people in this that I was not prepared to. I didn't know John Cusack was in this. I didn't know that Steve Buscemi was in this. I didn't know that uh, John Malkovich was in this, which I need to talk about this. I have seen John Malkovich in many movies, and I think he is a great actor. But can we all talk about how scary John Malkovich is? Every role he plays, he's just he plays it with such intensity that I sometimes worry, like, is he looking through the screen at me and is he going to come to my house and is it going to be scary? I don't know. I don't know if I'm the only one that feels this way about John Malkovich. That dude has got some intensity and he played Cyrus the, the virus, which, you know, he's the ultimate awful person, criminal guy who masterminded this whole taking over the plane. I guess I should tell you this movie's about, if you haven't seen it, a bunch of convicts taking over a high security plane and everything just goes awry. So the criminals take over a plane and it's just in a way, it's kind of like a heist film where they're trying to pull one over on the cops and get to this airfield in Arizona called Lerner Airfield that they had made a deal with this. I don't know if he was a drug lord or just somebody who was going to get them on a plane and get them out of there. And uh, it really hit the ground running. Or I guess I should say it hit the sky flying. And I, I feel like I was whiplashed a little bit by the high octane action in this movie. And every I just turn in my head like, oh, there's another person who's like Ving Rhames is in this. Dave Chappelle is in this. He played pinball. And also pinball died by like taking the transponder to a scenic tour plane to throw off the feds tracking the plane. Molly's flirting with the lady. They start taking off because the, the convicts feel like, oh, gosh, we're going to get caught. And so he's running after a plane and he dies by getting caught in the landing gear and then eventually that comes back into play because the plane's dragging they're not flying as fast so they go down cameron poe is recruited by one of the super cons and takes them down and and he he has a sharpie on him and then so he writes a note about where they're headed because the whole movie cameron poe is like the good guy His roommate from prison, who's also on this plane, has diabetes and needs a needle for his diabetic medicine. It got stepped on in all the kerfuffle of the convicts getting loose and going on a murder spree. But there's like one vial left. And so Cameron Poe is making it his like personal journey to get a needle for his friend, which I admire and I respect that. And then there's also a female guard. Oh, my God. Danny Trejo's in this. And I'm like, oh, cool. Danny Trejo's in this. He plays like a rapist. And he... Oh, God, he wanted to, to, you know, rape the lady guard. But the whole movie, even some of the other convicts were like, no, you can't do that. And eventually he got his just desserts. He uh, his arm fell off and he fully died at the end of the movie. And I think everybody was elated with that with that choice. So I have to admit, watching this, all these actors are so young. And I mean, this movie is 24 years old. It was just crazy to sit there. And I looked up some of the years these actors were born. I know we're all curious sometimes, but then I also figured out how old they were when they filmed this movie. And I was like, damn, Nicolas Cage, it's almost my birthday. Uh, It's not quite my birthday yet, but Nicolas Cage will be almost my age when he filmed this. And that blows my mind. I don't know if I'm also the only person that feels this way. Actors look so much older than I feel like they are. Like Nicolas Cage is 33 in this. 
he looks like a much older man. But I always feel like that way about most actors like Ariana Grande, I think is like in her 20s. I feel like she looks like she's like 35. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but maybe it's all the Hollywood magic. They all just look very, very mature for their age. John Cusack had his baby face. One movie I really love that I know I talk about a lot of movies that I don't like on this podcast. One of my all time favorite movies is Say Anything and John Cusack's in that. So I have a I have a very big affinity for John Cusack. And I thought he acted the hell out of this movie. I was really impressed with the acting in this, except for Nicolas Cage's acting. But I'm not even like slamming it. It just kind of worked like Nicolas Cage, just when the camera would like zoom in on it's like someone was yelling off the the screen, like look really disappointed and like he overacted it, but he committed. And I I felt like I was enjoying his interpretation of Cameron Poe. I also need to talk about I understand we need to transport criminals efficiently and quickly, but like is a plane in this scenario a good idea? But they had like. The criminals planned out this takeover. Oh my gosh. I'm like just remembering these things. Dave Chappelle, pinball, is pulling out after they take off uh, with a piece of floss, um, gasoline and a match from his stomach. And then he lights the guy next to him on fire. And that's what causes this whole beginning chain of events of these convicts taking over the plane. And then John Malkovich's character. Oh, there's that other character, Billy, Billy Bedlam. And he is also pulling out this, I think they're lockpicks in their hands. And so they've clearly been working on this for a very long time. And as I'm explaining this and talking to you guys about this, I'm realizing how layered this movie is and how complicated all of this would be to pull off. There's so many moments in this movie where like Nick Cage is getting off of the bus that's been turned into a gift where like, I don't know if he's just enjoying the fresh air or the way that the wind feels in his mullet, but he's just like, Maybe it's like the taste of freedom, even though he hasn't quite gotten to the other end of it yet. But when he gets off the bus to get on the plane, there's just like a beat where he's standing there and he's just like smiling and there's wind blowing through his mullet. There's moments like that, which are just kind of goofy, but somehow tie this whole story together in a lot of ways. There's also a DEA agent who gets planted on the plane to hopefully catch one of these criminals by getting them to admit. So they put a wire on this guy. There's supposed to be no weapons on this plane. But the DEA likes to run things differently and they're kind of impulsive. And so they pretend to disarm this man before he gets on the plane. But then as he gets on, his boss gives him a gun and a sock. And, you know, needless to say, there's a moment this guy pulls his gun out and he's just like, I'm the DEA. And I was like, why would you lead with that? Why wouldn't you just like pretend to be a criminal who's like still not sure what's happening? Instead, he's just talking about how he's the DEA. And uh, yeah, he died really quickly. And now I'm thinking about it. What was the point of that? Oh, the wire. That's why. So he has a wire on him. And so Nick Cage is essentially chaotic good in this. He's trying to essentially help the people on the plane that need protection. And his ultimate goal is to thwart these criminals in a incognito way. Also, because he wants to save his friend who is getting very agitated and sick from not getting his diabetic medication and also protecting people like the guards. It's pretty much just the female guard in this. The other guards were pretty harsh and kind of awful. 
If any of you have seen Air Force One, this movie reminds me of Air Force One, but more rough around the edges and no presidents obviously involved, but it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic Air Force One. And I really enjoyed the ride. By the end of this movie, Poe helps thwart uh, these criminals from getting away with it, essentially. He got a needle from a fire truck at the Lerner Airfield, which is where they were supposed to meet up with these other crime dudes. And um, he saved the day, essentially. And this whole time, John Cusack's character, Detective Larkin, not detective. See, was he a detective? He was a U.S. Marshal. I just I just looked it up. But Marshal Larkin, that sounds funny. So this character Larkin has noticed that someone's on the inside helping thwart this process of them getting away. And they put two and two together and realize, why is Poe there? Poe really is on our side. And uh, Poe killed a lot of people on the plane, too. Like, Poe is a weapon. I feel like this throughout this movie, they kind of proved we're like, oh, Poe is a deadly weapon. We got to be careful around him. Don't don't upset Poe. But the whole time I was rooting for Poe, I was like, I want him to get home. I want him to meet his daughter for the first time. It was also his daughter's birthday. So he had an important party to get to. Here's the thing. It all worked out at the end, but it is a ride to get to the end of this movie. So they're at this airfield. All of a sudden, the troops are coming in because, excuse me if I've already mentioned this, Poe writes on Pinball's body that they're going to the Lerner airfield, pushes him out of the landing gear, and he falls from the sky and lands on a car and an intersection. And that's how Larkin is tipped off to go to this airfield. And then he calls in the troops. It's a whole thing. It turns into essentially warfare and also criminal against criminal. And it's just, it's a lot. There's a lot happening, but it, it all makes sense if you're watching it. But what I was most proud about was that there were many slow-mo runs with explosions behind people and especially Cameron Poe. For a movie from 1997, sometimes you're risking that special effects and CGI could be a little iffy. I thought the special effects in this movie were actually really good. They were probably more practical effects than CGI with the explosions and the action shots. But even just like the airplane lands on the Vegas strip at the end of this movie. Like if they were using some fancy green screen stuff there, there was a car attached to the back of an airplane. Whatever they did, it looked good. I was never like taken out of it by being like, oh, that's obviously green screen. So kudos to them for that. But let me just say this. None of these criminals know how to land an airplane. And there's a moment in this where they're trying to dig the airplane out so they can fly it again. And that whole sequence was comical to me because I was like, is this airplane even flyable anymore? But the ending of this movie is nuts because it's essentially them crash landing on the Vegas Strip, crashing into many buildings, many iconic things like the Hard Rock Hotel sign. And a lot of them survive this. And then Poe comes crawling out and he's just pretty like, I mean, for the amount of stuff and plane crashes that happen in this and fights and guns going off, there's, he, you know, these people are actually not too injured, which is surprising for falling out of the sky, essentially. But he comes out of the airplane. His friend got his diabetic medicine. It just all seems like it's coming together. His daughter and his wife have arrived in Vegas and are waiting for them outside of this plane crash. But then, oh, no, three of the criminals are getting away 
And uh, that includes John Malkovich's character and Ving Rhames. And they're somehow they've hijacked a fire truck and they're escaping. And Larkin sees them escaping. And so does Poe. But can I just say, why did John Malkovich just get on the top of this truck? Excuse me, Cyrus the virus. It was so obvious. And it just if he had gotten in the passenger seat, maybe they could have snuck away. But because he was on top of this fire truck, it alerts Larkin and Poe. And they run over to police motorcycles and they just get on and start chasing it. Poe and Larkin taking on the the criminals at large. And uh, eventually everybody gets their their just desserts. John Malkovich just gets his head smashed. And this movie is just like a Rube Goldberg machine, which is like one of those machines where you put like a marble on one side and it falls into a spoon and then the spoon flips over and then it rolls over and knocks over dominoes and then it gets to like an end goal of some kind. This movie just was like a bunch of that kind of stuff happening. All the criminals, you know, exploded or had their heads exploded and everything worked out at the end. So much stuff blew up. If you're a fan of like action movies with big explosions, lots of really, I mean, it's kind of a super intense action movie. This will be right up your alley. The ending was just almost like comical at times because, you know, it just, it seems so outlandish, but you're just having so much fun watching this that you can't be upset about it. At the end of the movie, though, Poe finally gets to see his wife and daughter and his daughter's meeting him for the first time. And he has this. I don't know how this happened. He has this rabbit that's supposed to be a gift for his daughter. At the beginning of the movie, it's in this like clean plastic wrap ready to be given to his daughter for her birthday. But it's been through some in this movie. Okay, criminals have made fun of him with it. And the entire time Poe's like, put the rabbit back in the box. He is somehow able to find the rabbit at the end of the movie as it's going into a sewer drain. And then he still attempts to give the rabbit to his daughter. But he shows up. And the first thing he says is, I was going to get a haircut. And he really should have gotten a haircut. I don't know why the mullet was his choice of hair for prison, but he really should have gotten a haircut because I think it would have helped. But his daughter was like afraid of him. And it even seemed like his wife was like, I don't know about this. Uh, Is dad okay?" But I kind of liked it because it felt more realistic. Like it took a minute for the daughter to warm up to him. And then his wife was like, I have missed you and I love you kind of thing. Somehow this movie worked. okay? all right, I'll say it. I'm glad you all made me watch Con Air. And I never thought that would be anything I would ever say in my entire life. You know what? I'm like more curious about other Nick Cage movies now. So if you have any recommendations for other Nick Cage movies, let me know. And uh, this is what I'm going to give it. I'm going to give this movie an eight out of 10 super cheesy one liners. The amount of one liners in this movie was insane. And I think more movies need to do that again. (laughs) It honestly was inspirational. I I feel like it's just unnecessary to have that many one liners in a movie. But I'm really proud of them that they did that. All right, this concludes my review of Con Air. If you have any recommendations for other movies you want me to watch, let me know on my Twitch stream at Katie Peters Plays or come let me know what you thought about Con Air. Did you hate Con Air? Did you love it? Or tweet at me at Play Katie Play on Twitter. Yell at me about if you don't agree with me or if you do. I I always appreciate you listening to my podcast, everybody. I enjoy sitting down and getting to talk about movies and telling you all what I think. So I really appreciate it if you are a listener of this podcast. 
And until the next one, you take care of yourself now. If you want to hang out with me more, or if you just want to yell at me for my thoughts on a specific movie, I stream over on Twitch at www.twitch.tv slash katiepetersplays. Also, feel free to follow and chat with me on Twitter at PlayKatiePlay and on Instagram at katiepetersplays. Music written and performed by Mark Can Do It. Katie Hasn't Seen That is a part of the Geek Generation Network. Until next time, keep your popcorn warm for me.